I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Al Pellets, this is Brian here with Mike and Becky. We are by the Al Pellet once again, and we are continuing our conversation around the idea of mentoring and mentorship. I hope you have enjoyed all of the uh, discussions thus far. We're also seeing that so many of our conversations with our colleagues around the country, when we talk about uh, the research going on, really kind of comes back to this idea of mentoring and, and building those relationships. So, uh, Becky is leading us through this conversation, even though she says she's not. Uh, she- we are having the conversation. People are going to get really sick of hearing that, that we are having the conversation. <laughs> so he didn't say that. I know. That's the, I <laughs> he, have to keep saying he it. Said he said you were saying, leading yeah. our conversation. I'm aware. He said it Our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So should we go back to, can the court reporter please refer? <laughs> <laughs> please strike it from the record. All right. Stop saying it so we have to. We don't have to keep striking it. Poor well, court reporter. Well, and we st- as we start today, too, I think one of the things that I hope is that as people are listening to these conversations, that it's really causing some thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that outside of just listening to these, you're spending some time thinking about mentorship and all the ways that uh, we receive or give mentorship and what that looks like. And I think that's probably a good place that we're going to be starting today. Yeah. I mean, talking about it and continuing the conversation, because even the difference among the three of us reading the report and then getting to come back and talk about it, hopefully there are things that people are able to take from this and continue that conversation as well. Um, Because I think today, one of the things that we've talked about a bit off air has really been, how how do we differentiate what mentoring is compared to some of these other relationships that we have, whether they're with students, whether they're with our own mentors or other other roles that we have in in our jobs. Um, when we think about all these things that we're maybe doing at once and what are the pieces that are actually mentoring um, and how does that differentiate from coaching or advising or role modeling and sponsorship? And these are all terms that we've, we've talked about a little bit as we've gone through this series. But we want to take some time today to really kind of dig into what are those characteristics of that mentoring relationship and how does that really set itself apart from some of these other roles that we fill? And, and probably just to state the obvious, we're not suggesting that every relationship should be a mentoring relationship because this is one more type of, of tool and relationship that we have. And not you're not going to mentor everybody, nor should everybody be mentoring you. But when you're going to do this sort of thing, this guy, this, this report yep. gives a great guide on how to have those, how to have that and build that relationship. Well, because we've talked about the huge investment that that mentoring is. It's not something that you can that anyone really has the capacity to do for a large number of people. And I think some of this is also recognizing by not calling it mentoring, we're not diminishing those coaching relationships or those advising relationships. I think some of it is recognizing what's the place of those and what role are we actually filling? And even in some of our state programs, when we're thinking about coaching early career teachers, like it does it, does it have to be a mentoring relationship? Are we thinking more about, is, is it more about the instruction and the coaching? Is it more about career advice and that, and that latter? Um, and so when I think, when we think about those character characteristics of that mentoring relationship, just to kind of resituate, we're emphasizing helping the individual grow and accomplish goals with a lot of different approaches, providing that professional and career development and having a really reciprocal relationship, which looks different from some of our roles with coaching and advising and even, and even sponsorship. 
And so as we, we think about that um, idea, what, what are some of the things that come to mind that really start to differentiate um, those concepts that we've been talking about when it comes to, to mentoring? I think one of the things I keep coming back to is how reciprocal mentoring is. I think that really struck me in this report and wasn't something that I'd given a lot of thought to in mentoring relationships before. And I think some of it just by function of where I'm at in my career, I'm more often the mentee. <laughs> and, and when I think about the the mentors that, that I've had, it really made me pause as I was reading through to think about, okay, who are really those, like, where have I really had that reciprocal relationship where it's, it's more than advising or, or kind of telling me where to, where to go. It's who are those people who really know enough about me to, right. to go through that process. And the, the list got a lot smaller and that didn't diminish those other relationships in terms of coaching and advising and sponsorship. But I think especially with sponsorship, when we talked about that a couple episodes ago, sponsorship is, is, a, a lot less relational. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's more about the relationships that you have outside of that mentoring. Who else can I connect you with? Who else can I promote you to? Um, that, that I think sets mentoring apart a little bit. And then one of the questions I've been thinking about as we talk about this reciprocal nature of, of true mentoring is because again, I'm like, I'm like you, Becky, when I think about mentorship so much, I do think of a little bit of a power dynamic between the person that is the mentor to the one that is the mentee or the protege, there's there's some there's some power there that tends to be one way, and this report really got me thinking about this two way relationship. That maybe in those cases when I was being mentored by somebody else, maybe I didn't even realize how much that other person was gaining from that relationship, what they were thinking about. Because I I can think about for myself when I've probably been now as we said, this stage of my career, which might be a slightly <laughs> different stage than what Becky is in, as she points out some, from time to time. I, I walk away from a relationship with some, with from a mentoring relationship with that, that more junior person of all the things that I've learned from that conversation and that relationship that maybe the other person didn't realize because we kind of only know what we get from the relationship and never have taken a, taken a chance to stop and learn that, that to really understand and to think about that two-way relationship. I don't know if I'm communicating that well, but maybe I don't know what the other person is getting out of that relationship. Well, I think that brings up a huge piece with the expectation. Like I hadn't thought about it until you were talking about it, but some of the really great mentors I've had are people that I come back to the next time we meet and say, I really was thinking about this thing that you said, or like this really made me think about something differently. And that I think is something we tend to forget about in the mentoring relationship, especially when we're talking about a more senior and a more junior person that I think it can be easy for a mentee to really diminish what they bring to the relationship. So the, the balance I think is also is, I mean, it's not a one or the other and somebody's got more responsibility in this, but as we mentor, how are we really making it clear what each person is bringing it? Are we doing that on both sides? Is the mentee making an effort to come in and say, hey, I really appreciate this thing you said, or I acted on this this way, because I think it can be easy as a mentor. You give the advice, and you don't always see it. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't always see it happen. Like, and, and it might have not, some of it is, they may have taken your advice, but it's not the way they would have done it. And kind of the same thing on the other side with the mentee. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of those things I, 
we started to unpack in the last session and, and we spent a lot of time on career guidance and, and um, skill development. Um, but there's that psychosocial pieces that uh, really play an important part in that. And so whether we're thinking about those social interactions that we have with one another, um, role modeling, um, and, and just that friendship after you, we've talked about building that trust up, I think are all important elements. And what I hear you saying, Becky, is the, the value of, of that psychosocial experience and, and Brian's comment that I think it's a, a, it's a win-win situation because it's not a give or take or we're trying to deplete one, the, the mentor. Um, it's really um, recharging and, and building um, up for the mentor as much as it is the mentee in a lot of cases. And I think, again, that just really builds the case again that these true mentoring relationships are probably going to be fairly few because there's going to be a time that there, there are other people that I go to just for coaching. And, I, and as I, as I you know, we we're having this conversation, probably in the past, I would have used the word mentor, mm -hmm. but that probably is not accurate as the way we're having this conversation now because I go to that person just for advice and say, okay, here's the situation in. Give me some coaching on what I need to be doing to address this. And it truly is a one-way relationship rather than this true mentorship long-term. And, yeah. and, and that's okay. There, there's, there's, you need those types of relationships because you need to be getting, you know, information and ideas from people from that coaching and that advising and having a few, few core mentors. And, and to that point, I think the the article does a nice job of outlining what those stages of mentorship are. And so that goes right along with what Brian is saying. And, and there's really four stages, initiation, cultivation, separation, and redefinition. And so it, it it's more dynamic than just a one-way solving a problem, generating some ideas of how to work yourself out of a situation that you might be in. And, um, and it's more long-term and, and um, multidimensional. I think those stages really speak to just how long-term it is. And we've brought it up a couple times as we've talked about this mentoring, this ongoing relationship. I think so often we've really conflated mentoring and coaching and advice. Mm -hmm. We've conflated mentoring with shorter-term things. And so we attach it to things that are meant for a year-long program or a six-month student teaching experience or whatever amount of time we have with somebody. And I think when we think about mentoring, it's not really something we've attached to a fixed amount of time. Cause when we think about those stages that Mike just brought up with initiate, I mean, initiation itself could, could take years. When right. we've talked about some of this before this, I wouldn't have called myself your mentor. Well, cause maybe I didn't set out to be one mm -hmm. <laughs> to, be, to yeah. be a mentor or be a mentee. Even so, even the amount of time to initiate that relationship can can take much longer than some of these things that we try to push as mentoring. Well, and I think you go back with the idea we think about initiation and starting when we start something, and we want to be able to say, you know, on July twenty third, twenty twenty three, is when I initiated my relationship with you about be, you being my mentor. <laughs> That's probably not going to be the and case. it's going to be one it year. It yeah. doesn't have an anniversary. It doesn't yeah. have an anniversary date <laughs> yeah. because. Again, when you've used that word organic, things are going to, you know, kind of evolve. And I yeah. go back, some of the folks that I I look back and I gained so much from in, the, in a mental relationship, I couldn't tell you the exact date we met or the exact date that this kind of happened, but it kind of evolved over time that I found myself more and more having these these conversations and learning more from these folks and doing this. And I couldn't, I couldn't give you a date on on when this thing first started so i think that's something important we think about that initiation part mm -hmm. um it's not a fixed a fixed thing well it's just kind of
of that idea. Like when we talk about it being organic, I hadn't really operationalized it this way before you said that, but the mentors just kind of, it's like they've always been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're always there when you need them. And they're always there when you yeah. need them. They, yeah. they always have been there. They always will be there. Yeah. <laughs> Which then when we look at some of those, like, I think some of it is we don't realize how much time we spend in that initiation mm-hmm. stage when we're mentoring or being a, like a true mentor mentee relationship. And I think some of that is that initiation also, it, it's not necessarily a clear, this was our initiation stage. This is our cultivation mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. <laughs> and so much of those intertwining go back and forth. Um, and even when they talk about the next stage of separation, like it's not necessarily a separation and done. Right. And so, so the iterative nature of these stages, I think is a really interesting dynamic in the mentoring piece where you don't see that as much with coaching, advising. Kind of reminds me of that co-piloting analogy that we had in an earlier uh, podcast where, you know, we're, we're continuing to help that person develop and we're letting them kind of continue to bloom as, as they move through that, uh, that in their stages in their career. And then certainly um, probably one thing that we don't spend much time thinking about is really that fourth stage when we're talking about redefinition or redefining. Mm -hmm. So as people do grow and you become co-pilots or or peer-to-peer, it doesn't mean that that mentorship doesn't end. It just takes on a different form and a different shape. And, And so really seriously thinking about how does that relationship continue to evolve and, and bloom as people um, move into different stages of career and have different needs and, you know, both personal career life as well as professional and, and those all change and evolve and it's another chapter. And so what's that next chapter like? Well, I think you bring up a great point there because, you know, I, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes you think of the person that I consider a mentor just as I'm changing, that person's changing too. <laughs> and I often don't time, often don't acknowledge that or understand that that person's evolving and moving through different life and career stages. And you understand that, oh, things are different now. <laughs> and, and it may, you know, one of the, maybe the more obvious ones, as, as you talk about a career or a professional mentor, folks that, that go into and they, and they retire, they may, you know, they may have a different set of ideas and they, and they may want to, and be a better resource to mentor you on the, on the personal side of things rather than the day to day of your, of your professional life. But there's still that, that relationship mm-hmm. can still be good, but that has to evolve and redefine those things. And I think back some of the people, I know there's, there's different um, goals I have for that relationship now and things that I can bring to the relationship and things I learned, I gained from them because of we're in different life stages than we were 20 years ago. <laughs> and, on the, <laughs> and on the mentee side of that, I think also the importance of the, men, the mentor, say, being able to redefine that relationship. If I think about the mentors that I had in my undergrad and what I took from a mentoring relationship as a student teacher compared to a early career teacher compared to somebody entering grad school, like that, that mentor has been there and, and seen that whole process. But if at this point in my career, they still saw me as a student teacher, yeah. we probably wouldn't have much of a mentoring relationship mm-hmm. anymore. Cause I'm not crying in my car in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you doing that. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
you're not my mentor to have cried in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we're, I think we can pretty clearly take that from, from what we've talked about the last couple times. That's why I always have Kleenexes behind me oh, in my yeah. office. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, on that, <laughs> if you are a mentor who is not as comfortable with tears, I was reading something the other day <laughs> to not keep the Kleenexes in your office. So you can give the person a minute to like, uh, if they don't actually want to cry in front of you and they need like, I'll be right back. Go fill your water bottle or like go cool. get the Kleenex and come back and set them down. Like, don't or, keep don't keep them as accessible if you're not that comfortable with crying. Or, or, or just say, I'm gonna go grab you a Kleenex and then just don't come back. There's also that. Take all take all the time you need. Take all the time you need. Oh. And by the way, Brian's got room in his schedule for more mentees yeah, because yeah. because yeah. of the way he approaches it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we yeah. I don't even know what, I, what to say now. <laughs> but I, I was going to think, go, go back and, and tell us the four stages again, if you would, Mike, just to, re, to remind us, because I think there was one of those in there that um, I think we, we talked about three. I think we skipped one of them. Yeah. So the four stages, initiation, cultivation, and then separation. And then the final one is redefinition. So I, I think that that second one of cultivation is, is, I think it's important to be thinking about as well. So it, it, it's, we don't just initiate it and then it's, then it's perfect. Yeah. You know, I, I think to me, that's kind of that, that maintenance stage that, that you're going through there. Again, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, of the garden I have at my house. You know, yeah. that initiation is preparing it, putting the seeds in the ground, but it does take time to maintain and to be thinking. I have to be intentional about maintaining that relationship and investing in that. And I, I think that's that's important for us to be thinking about as well because we, we talk a lot about assuming, and right. I think it gets us in trouble. And, I, and I'm glad you came back to that, Brian, because I think we, we really jumped in and started talking about these four characteristics without defining them or even having a conversation and, and just an assumption that, that it's going to mean something to everybody. And so really what they were talking about with the cultivation was when the relationship matures and mentors typically provide the greatest degree of psychosocial and career support. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the sweet spot. Yep. You know, when things are kind of, kind of cooking along there. And, and again, that we've said it several times and now I'll say it again. It takes work to be here. And this is kind of where you're, you're maybe getting some of the fruits of that labor, but it still, still takes work. You know, again, with my garden, it's probably the least amount of work, but it still takes me to go out there. I have to weed. I have to maintain. I have to make sure things are, are going just right in that garden because if I don't, then the whole thing falls apart. Can't put it on autopilot. No. Yep. <laughs> but then, I, and then also to move to the, ne to the next one, we, we talked about it a little bit, but I, I do think it's worth a, a, a couple minutes to that separation. Yeah. It, I mean, a mentoring relationship can end. Yep. You know, and that redefinition, talking about the fourth, it, mean, it may mean that our relationship is no longer going to be a mentoring relationship. It's going to be a coaching or a collegial, which is fine. And, um, the, and the text says when mentees seek autonomy and more independence from mentors. Yeah. I think another way they, they phrase it in terms of these four stages, they talk about effective mentoring is aligning expectations. So that initiation stage, that building rapport. And so that's a lot in that cultivation that, who's checking in when, that what's actually the, the, the maintenance that Brian talked about, that maintaining open communication. And I think that's a piece with that separation that I didn't really align there. But some of that is saying, maybe I, I don't have the capacity to be the mentor that 
that you need, or we've gone in different enough directions that I'm not, I'm not in as good a position to support you as I was before. I think it's better if I take an advising role. I think it's better if I take a coaching role and the same thing from the mentee, right? Some of, some of it's just recognizing, you know, where are we at in this relationship in these, these stages that we can, we've, we've cultivated this enough that we can be open about what we need from, from this mentoring. Um, Cause I think, when we think about, again, that redefinition piece and facilitating that, that autonomy and that agency, there's, there's gotta be enough room that we've been able to say, this is, this is where this is, or this is mm-hmm. what I need from this is where I see this. Um, so it's not, cause as soon as that elephant comes into that relationship, it gets a lot harder to be, to have the, the reciprocal nature of that partnership that you need for it to really be effective. And where my mind goes, Becky, is kind of the example that you were given earlier that, uh, you know, you've had mentors since your undergrad, but the mentors that I had as a cooperating teacher, first year, second year teacher, were great for that role and that stage of my career. But you move on to grad school, you move on to becoming a university faculty member, and no longer can they provide the type of support and the type of mentoring that you needed in year one, two, three of, of, of your teaching experience. And so... Yeah, there is. There could be a season for um, the types of mentorship that you that you have with a specific individual, and also understanding mm-hmm. here that separation can be initiated by either party. You know, I, I think you, you talked about that early on. It would be great if you are the mentor, the maybe the more senior in the relationship, and you're saying, "Hey, I've things. We've moved to a point where I'm not that person." Maybe going back to sponsorship and say. You know, you know, we're this place now, Mike, maybe I'm not the one to be your mentor, but let me introduce you to Becky Mm -hmm. and Becky can now pick up the role of being your mentor. And you kind of see that. And and that's one possible way there. The other way, if if you're maybe the more junior in the role and this person was there and maybe that relationship has changed and you're like, it's okay for you to to move on and and move into a different part of that relationship. Um, But it can be hard because we're dealing with people. But it, it is okay to kind of understand that that relationship needs to change. Yeah, and I think to be clear, we're talking about this formal mentorship role. So you're not moving away and no longer having a friendship, no longer having a relationship with this individual. It's just a different stage, and they're still part of your network and 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 part of um, who you are. But it that role. And, and the position that they play in this mentorship is going to look different or, or move on to someone else. Yeah. I mean, it probably can feel like we're really splitting hairs when we talk about the <laughs> difference between mentoring, advising, coaching, role modeling, sponsorship. But I, I hope to some degree it gives those who are listening a little bit of room to say, okay, if mentorship is, is this, and this is how we're going to operationalize mentorship, it, it gives us some room for some of those stages of mentorship, especially in that separation that can be kind of uncomfortable to, to have a, have a name and have some vocabulary for the other ways that people are in our lives and supporting us. Yeah. Well, I think it's been a, a great conversation. I really in, in, have enjoyed the thinking and talking about mentoring, coaching, advising, the difference around those things and the idea of the different stages of coaching. And I, I, it's my test. It's initiating, cultivating, separating, redefining. and redefining you almost got to hit the yellow button again. I almost got to hit the yellow button. Here's the yellow button. There you go. Um, see, this is this is what we do every day, folks. 
Um, so again, hopefully you have enjoyed this conversation as well. Um, the, I really think our profession is in a place where we can spend some more time around this idea of mentoring, both for all of us and helping everybody understand that you, you need to be in these mentoring relationships, both as the mentor, but also as the one gaining from somebody else's experience as well. And, and yes, it is reciprocal, but different relationships bring different things to the table. And I think this is important for our professional development to be doing these things. So hopefully you all have enjoyed this conversation and this entire series as well. It's been great. Hopefully you are going to interact and share your thoughts on this topic and others on social media and share the podcast with other folks. And so for Becky and Mike, this is Brian here by the Outpellet saying thank you and hope you all have a phenomenal rest of your day. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.